Hi, I'm Andres. And I'm Josephine. Welcome to the Remoter Podcast. Follow us on season one of this journey as we cover anything and everything you need to know in order to successfully build and scale a remote first team. Someone who's been working remotely for over a decade, our CEO, Alexander Torrenegra, shares his personal experiences, lessons learned, and advice for those of you who are curious and interested in exploring the future of work. This podcast is brought to you by Tori, the end-to-end recruitment solution for remoters. Get our free AI-powered sourcing and processing tools or let Tori recruit on your behalf at tori.co. That's T-O-R-R-E dot C-O. So welcome back for a new episode. And on this one, we're going to be talking about retreats and telling you a little bit about what retreats are like at Torre. Oh, this is so exciting. I Like the only retreats I've ever been on with the company, uh, we went to play Battle Axe. Um, okay. So that's axe throwing. And um, it's just way harder than you think. Um, I was really bad at it. But what are retreats like at Tori? Well, it's not, it's, we, we don't go throwing axes at anything or whatever. We, <laughs> it's, it's actually a full week. Um, and we're going to hear all about the details on, on the podcast. But just a sneak peek, I think um, the listeners are going to like is we, it's actually a week in which we don't focus on strategy or alignment. We will rather focus on team building and just getting to know each other because I think that's a very important, we think that's a very important aspect of building a um, successful remote team. Uh, I don't know if you can say, but do you know where we're going this year or next year, I guess, 2020? Well, I don't have, we don't have any plans set for 2020 yet, um, but I think we will do a retreat. And, and once we decide where it will be, course you're invited i'm i'm cordially inviting you thank you thank you so alex you take the whole company on vacation for a week we go party like animals <laughs> like nerds like well, like uh, nerds and geeks <laughs> um last time that andres attended uh it's the only time i think you have attended uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a retreat uh we did it just because because of him but before that we actually we actually worked so uh, <laughs> How was your experience on this on this on this retreat? I, I've been to several. I like to know My some unbiased. of your best memories from it. No, but the retreat was great. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not too old, but I felt like I was back at school. You know, when you go with your friends on these little trips, camping trips or whatever, that you you don't have your parents on top of you, and you're like you you have the space for yourself. Well, do you say that it felt like a school? It felt like a school trip, okay. like a camping trip. Okay, from but like middle school, not high school, because you didn't finish high school, right? Well, yeah, but okay. I, don't, I don't think it's so important for the audience. But yeah, like middle. Well, but you have this, it's more like a primary school trip. So <laughs> it's very way, different than a high school trip, right? I don't know how high school trips go, but but okay. precisely for that reason, I was I was working on my high school my school high school trip, a time. But anyways, um, it was a great experience actually. I will highly recommend it to any any company. Do it. I don't think companies in product market fit, like pre-product market fit, should do it. I think it's a, uh, it's a lot of money and it's um and it takes a lot of time and you know it takes arrangements and preparations and so on. I think you should just focus on getting to product market fit. But but afterwards, as soon as you can, it strengthens the bonds amongst the teammates. So where did where, where did the the original idea came from in the first place? Three years ago, however, I decided that maybe we wanted to do 
a, a full-on retreat, not only with the leadership team, but with every member of the team. We did it in a little town in Colombia called Villa de Leyva, in Boyaca. It's four hours away from Bogota, the capital of Colombia. You have to picture this. This is a colonial town. It's very picturesque. Okay. You find uh, a lot of uh, local still wearing farmer clothing. Roads are um, made of stone. Yeah. Actually, they don't allow cars in the downtown area of this town. So the hotel was relatively small. We had it for ourselves. No one else was staying in the hotel. I think that back then we were like 40 people or so. Uh, this is Bonnie Studio and Voice 123. We were just one company back in the day. Yeah, we were there for, I believe, three days and two nights. Although we had lots of fun, we also did a lot of work. It was, we were planning the next year. And uh, given that everyone was there, we decided to pursue both a bottoms-up approach where people would propose what their teams had to do and such, and also a tops-down approach where I would ask them to think about different things. And at the end of the retreat, we agreed on what was going to be the strategy for the next year. Okay. It, it went well. I mean, at night we had fun. We went out to the town. We had a couple of activities. We rode horses together, like 40 horses at the same time going around town. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Are there 40 horses in Villa de Leyva? I uh, think it's so yeah, small, I think we got every single one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. All the ones, even the ones that were sick, they were going with them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and by the way, we picked Villa de Leyva for a strategic reason, and that is it was one of the least expensive places to get everyone to. Because we had to fly people from multiple different countries. We had many members, many of our remote team members are based in Colombia anyway. And the off-season is a relatively affordable uh, place to go. So it doesn't have to be particularly exotic or anything. Just yeah. No, hopefully isolated. It's about the team and not about uh, the place so much. A few months later, I started having a second, second thoughts about the idea. Because several members of the team were telling me when we were about to have an important uh, decision to make, hey, next time we see each other in person, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the topic. And I don't like that because if you have a remote team, the team needs to feel comfortable making hard decisions remotely. You don't have to see somebody else's face-to-face -face in the same room to be able to do that. You should be able to do it over a video conference. Right. So because of that, and also because of input from Santi Jaramillo, he used to be the COO of, uh, of the company. Now he's the CEO of the entire holding or group of companies. We decided to try something different the next year, the following year. And that is, we are not going to do a strategic retreat. It's not going to be about strategy. It's going to be about getting to know each other and about the learning. So it became more of a conference Um, per se, and it's a structure in a kind of conference. Uh, so um, there were activities in which you got to compete uh, in groups with other members of the of the team. There were uh, sessions in which some of our advisors talk about something they they do or something they know that uh, that is potentially really really cool. There were other members of the team volunteering to host activities, and the activities went all the way from work-related uh, activities, such as finding what we call inhibitors of the team and accelerators of the team, to storytelling nights where uh, people would stand up and, and uh, in front of an audience share a story, and then the, the best storyteller would get a, a prize of some sort. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. And we realized, well, this is this is this is much better than than having a strategy because it's um, it ended up being about getting to know each other and allowing members of the team to interact with other members of the team 
in a different dimension. Allow them to get to know each other in a different way and hopefully build relationships, uh, stronger relationships with uh, their colleagues. So it sounds like a big vacation then, right? Well, uh, I mean, can I mean, like, it's not like we take away vacation time from members of the team uh, to do it, and, and we expect <laughs> all of them to I go. I don't think it was vacation. I mean, I think it was fun, but it had some, it had a lot of strategic value behind it and learning. Like, I know, I know. It had a strategic value, although it wasn't about strategy. No, no, it wasn't about, yeah. it wasn't about strategy, but it had a lot of strategic value. So it was not like we were chilling. We were relaxing. We were taking a sun bath and margaritas. That's not that's not the purpose of it. It was intense. Yeah, it was intense. A, we it had was a tight a, agenda. And we had things scheduled from like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So, I mean, I usually work 14 to 18 hours a day, I know, but uh, <laughs> still, it wasn't a break. So right? what was the most boring part and what was the most fun part? I Well, the most boring part was the part where we had a discussion. The entire team had <laughs> the only team that had a discussion, like a like a big discussion, an argument. An arg- well, not ad- yeah, an argument <laughs> in the entire company was us. Of course, it had to be total labs. led by Andres. By the way, he was <laughs> I was causing trouble, um, but there was a lot of fun parts as well, and it made me realize a lot of interesting things. Like, for example, I'm not kidding. We were the only team that didn't understand. What the hell did we have to do in the um, design thinking activity? We had a design thinking activity with this Spanish guy we flew in. And um, we had to do some, like, structuring what the hell do we do as a company, right? <laughs> and you just didn't get it. And <laughs> we didn't know how to how to help. Like, we're a company in a pre-product market fit stage, um, getting there, you know, experimenting, testing things, changing our strategies every week, right? <laughs> right. And we're competing with companies that exist 17 years ago, right? It's not as easy. But... We were the only ones who didn't get the exercise, but we were also the, the winners of that exercise at the end. Ah. So here's how. We were able to iterate fast in between each phase of the whole exercise, and I was able to hack the audience because the purpose of the exercise was originally to allow people to express in a structured way what is it that they do and how they do it and blah, blah, blah. But the way that, that the exercise was being qualified was by peers, by others. So in reality, the end goal was not to be the best at explaining what the hell you do, was to be the most impressive one Ah, at explaining what you do, right? Right. So we ended up building a bunch of, and you had to do this with Legos, um, because of course, you know, consultants always use Legos. So we had Legos, (laughs) and it was actually pretty fun, because the the end result was a result, like we literally put Alex like three floors of Legos, and then everyone else in the floor, and Alex had a magic wand, which resembles a, a, a web. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and that's supposed to reflect the strategy of the company somehow. I have no idea. That, it doesn't. It doesn't really reflect the strategy of the company. But it was fun for people because we were making quote unquote fun of our CEO, and he used to be the CEO of the other companies. So like people felt like the the connection and they and they laughed and blah yeah, blah. So blah. for context on this one, it was all of the companies of our group went together. So Torre okay. is one of the companies. Boys One Two Three was another company. Bunny Studio was another company. We were three companies back then for this retreat that Andres okay. is referring to. So it was the first time you all got together. No, as, no, no. As different companies, as different companies, yes, because... Yeah, we used to be just one single company in the past. Yeah, now okay. we are separate companies, but for the retreat, we got together indeed. And only one of them didn't understand the instructions. I guess you're not, just not used I to having was, instructions. I think it was more like Andres that didn't get it, but that's... <laughs> Well, I also, yeah, well, I don't know. We, we're not going to get into an argument. Uh, really but good memories. There was another activity where we were supposed to draw our feelings of the people that we value the most. And by the way, there were multiple tracks. So there were people uh, divided into multiple activities. Within 20 minutes, I was crying a lot. 
and half of the members on that activity uh, were crying as well. It was a very, very emotional mm. activity, thinking about gratitude and the people we value and the people that has had impact on, on us. And then sharing those feelings with our teammates that made it even stronger. You talk a lot about how we shouldn't be a, uh, a family, we should be a team. But it seems like these retreats, they kind of push the idea that we're more than a team in a way. What are your thoughts on that? I think that the retreat is about opening up. And uh, I think that it's easier to know, to open up with friends as opposed to open up with family, at least on my case. Okay, right. So I think that what family means is different for different people. Sure. But but I think that the retreat was more about developing friendships, which I think is very compatible with the idea of being part of a team. Yeah, because, you know, for the past episodes and, and, and all that we've recorded, it seems like you're a cold, a cold kind of boss. And, you know, that we, we, are, we are a fast team. We're not a family and blah, blah, blah. But it's not like you don't want people to have healthy and friendly relationships, or at least that's that's a different message from what a retreat is. Yeah, very different. I think. I mean, I, I think that in the retreat you end up developing potentially closer friendships than the relationships that you might develop alongside many people. You might work out of the same office space because it's intense, and many people look forward to that. It's also very sensorial. Uh, okay. I think, especially for people that are traveling a lot. Those are retreats where we had people from 15 different countries, I believe. I mean, the t-shirt was a world map signaling the countries where people were coming from. And it had a lot of dots in the map. So that was that was really cool. And those interactions are just memories that are very difficult to to forget. By the way, we have to get people ready. So so for, for those of you planning on, on doing a retreat and having people from multiple cultures, you have to reach agreements in terms of what is appropriate and what it is not appropriate, right? ah. for example. And it's not so much about where you do the retreat, but about the company in general. Okay. Right? So we have members in, for example, in Colombia, there is a tradition that when you say hi to, when a guy says hi to a girl, usually you kiss that person in the cheek. Even if you're being introduced to that person uh, for, the first time. for the first time. But it's only in between men and women or in between women, never between men. Ah. In Argentina, it's in between men. Okay. And in uh, Europe, it's in between men and women in some countries. In some countries, it's between men. And it's not one kiss, it's two kisses. If you go to the Middle East, in some countries... Like, you cannot even touch the person. Right. <laughs> right. So all of those things you need to teach the team. Because when you're working remotely, like, like it doesn't matter. But when you are actually sharing the same physical space with another person, they do matter. And it's very important not only to be diverse, but to be inclusive. And that means adapting, to some degree, the lowest common denominator in terms of what is acceptable. Right. Right. So it's not about teaching the person coming from Middle East, hey, you have to be... You, you have to accept kisses from everyone, right? It's the opposite. It's telling our Latin people, hey, you guys stop kissing everybody when you Please. meet them. Thank Please. you. <laughs> yeah, but the good thing about having a remote team and then doing this kind of activities, it's you're really not opening, not only opening yourself to working with people from other cultures uh, on a day-to-day -day basis and learn about their work kind of related culture, but also when you get together, you get to learn about the cultures of potentially 15 different countries in, in our case in that particular um, retreat and more for companies that are bigger. We're all about fulfillment in, in, in work, right? And I think that if you can add 
more to work than the just algorithmic uh, rhythm of it. And you can add, you know, discovering new things, trying new things, learning new things to what happens in the in the day-to-day, year-to-year of a company that adds a lot of value to fulfillment. And it's interesting that you can contrast that with, you know, you don't have the day-to-day interaction when you don't have an office, but to make it into one more intense, really personal, emotional experience, though, that's valuable as opposed to the day-to-day casual interaction. You have people that work side-by-side, quote-unquote, right, um, every single day that they have not seen each other for months and then they get to see each other. Right. It's like distance, relationships at distance, these relationships. <laughs> like when you get to see the other person, it's like extreme joy and there's no time for arguments or discussions or like you're focused on just... Except if you're interested. Except if you're me. <laughs> um, you're interacting with Alex. Because if it's, just, if it's just me, then it can't possibly work. Anyways, but yeah, it's 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 very fulfilling, I think. Having a remote team enables you to discover things about different cultures and have ideas and, and ways of doing things. And it's not only interesting from a company perspective to be able to connect dots from different kind of places, but also from the culture of the company and the individuals and how they are growing by being exposed to different cultures, different, different people. Yeah, you'll see. When I have, because I had the experience of having an office-based company, And we had every now and then like weekend events or, or get together things. You could see that people were excited, but uh, but eh. some of them were, oh, I have to go to this thing, right? It's not enough that I see them eight hours a day. Yeah. But <laughs> retreats, man, every single person looks forward to those retreats. Yeah. Every single person. I think that if I were to tell the members of my team, hey, we are going to do the retreat out of your vacation time, most of them will say, yes, I'm going to do it. Well, we don't do it, and you shouldn't do it. But that's <laughs> how excited they are about, about it. So to wrap up, I have an invitation, and that is for many remote companies, when you invest on the well-being of the members of your team, you can do a lot of things. You can, you can pay for travel so that they can visit each other in whatever city they are located at. You can buy expensive equipment. You can send uh, a lot of swag uh, their way. And uh, you can pay for health insurance and many other things. Out of all of that, I believe that the most important thing you can do and you should invest on is having a periodic retreat. The ROI and the impact that is going to have on the morale, on the motivation, on the relationships and the longevity of your team, it's priceless. I'm excited for what's to come. Uh, I know you said that there's no plan set in place yet, but after hearing that episode, I will be looking forward to hearing what you guys come up with for our next retreat. But I'm curious in the meantime to hear what your ideal retreat would look like. Well, at this very point in time in my life, I, I wish it was something with like a warm weather. I'm really tired of the cold here. <laughs> And so you moved to Toronto. <laughs> good, good play. Yeah. Good play. No, well, I, I, I think that a good retreat has to be a mix of like a place where you can relax and like decontract and have a um, relaxed environment. I think that in general, um, with Torre and the members of our team, we are in general very relaxed in, in our conversations and the way we work. Um, but adding like a very relaxed environment to that, I think... Um, helps helps a lot. 
So that's one thing. And the other thing I'd love to do and see, it's more um, hands-on activities. You know, like I love for us to cook together or to solve a maze together or escape room together and be able to to bond as a team through weird and fun activities. I don't know if that makes sense. It does, by the way. I think my ideal retreat would, um, yeah, the purpose would be to get to know your team members. And like, I, I am so excited for that because even though I did like introductions with um, all the team members via Zoom, it, I, I think it would be incredible to finally meet them in person and be like, oh my God, you, you are here in the flesh. You were the one who helped <laughs> with this and that. And we did this together. And now like, I'm actually meeting you in the flesh and like, we, I can poke you and you're real. And ah. please, please don't poke anyone. I mean, lightly poke <laughs> lightly, but, um, I think, yeah, relaxation would be, um, a lot of fun. Uh, I feel like we don't really get that in our day to days. Cause I believe that we work hard and it's, for me, at least, I forget to take a break. I forget to relax. I'm still trying to work on that. Mm. So having a week where it's just like, this is your top priority. Get to know your teammates, get to bond, get to strengthen this bond. It would be really awesome. Yeah. Well, Rodrigo does get a lot of relaxation with all the Australia around him. All well, the beach. and <laughs> Or maybe he doesn't because there's a lot of uh, animals out there trying to kill you. Well, the giant spiders are not necessarily my favorite. No, not at all. And I, <laughs> I did ask him about that actually, and he was like, "You know, we're fine in Melbourne. The big city is fine." I'm like, okay, okay. Till you, till you see one. Uh huh. <laughs> but uh, to our listeners out there, we wanted to ask you real quick: What would your ideal retreat look like? Or have you guys even been on any um, memorable retreats or stuff? Let us know on social media, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. A few last words. If you enjoyed that episode, please follow us on social media at Remoter Project and let us know what you think about the latest episode. We'd love for you to join us as we continue building the Remoter Library on our website, remoter.com. That's R-E-M-O-T-E-R.com. If you want even more resources, sign up for our free founding and growing remotely online course. You can find that on our website or check the description for links. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And by the way, we've got some exciting news. We're gearing up for season two. This time, we're going to go further into interviewing remote work leaders all around the world. And we'd like to ask you, what are some questions or topics you'd like to hear covered next time? Who would you like to hear on the show? And let us know through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, um, you know, carry pigeon, whatever it is you like. We're all yours. And remember, we're here to make work fulfilling. So what part will you play in shaping the future of work? <laughs>